I just went to go. I just went downstairs, and my parents were just like, "Look at this! This is banned in the US." And it was the Queen of Thorns in like some leather thing being attacked by a man with a whip. Behind the Throne Christmas Party. Happy New Year. Oh, no. No, that's next week. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm the King of the Castle. Craven's you dirty rascal. And we're joined by Peel. And a number of other guests are joining us later. Unfortunately, we're running a bit late to the Christmas party because Craven was busy. What were you doing, Craven? Uh, I got held up at work. And there was, well, I was doing immigration today. I uh, had a bit of a shady-looking guy turn up trying to get entry to the party, or to the country. Yeah. But as it turns out, shady-looking guy, I know him. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah. I'm sure we'll meet him later on. Yeah, well, it's only Alex, wasn't it? Alex? Alex from Beyond the Wall. Oh! He's coming to the party, so we're going to meet oh, him there. Fantastic. I gave him the directions. Lovely. Well, first up, we want to just say thank you to everyone who listened to us last week and for all the awesome comments we got. We were proper over the moon, and we went down to see... Peel and I went down to see Craven uh, on Friday for some beers and we were just getting comment after comment and Facebook messages and Cargain DB messages saying it was awesome and we were just totally made up that you all enjoyed it so much. There will be more. When we don't know because Waffle is chaos, but there will be more. <laughs> so obviously we're gonna have our regular feature of what we've been up to this week. We're gonna talk to some of our guests at our party and then on our way home for a kebab we will uh we will talk about our favourite cards beginning with and this week we'll be doing both X and Sir, which has been postponed from the S episode. Indeed. So, lads, yes. tell us what you've been up to this week. Craven, do you want to you take control of this bit? Sure. Um, well, I, I was very lucky to host you lovely chaps at my house on Friday evening. Um, a friend of mine locally, has, for a long time, had a bit of an interest in starting Throne. So um, finally got round to inviting him around to teach him how to play. And... Um, well, I think a day or two after I organised that, you guys said that you was going to come to a little tournament on Saturday in Rayleigh. So I thought, what better way to teach him how to play than to get the entire power of the podcast combined to uh, teach him the ins and outs of the game, um, which I think went quite well. He's, he's messaged me since saying he's um, he really enjoyed it and he wants to play again and give it another go. So that's good. I'm really, really happy with that one. Um, and it certainly made me look at the cards in a whole new way because I was looking at them trying to sort of trying to put myself in his shoes as if I'm seeing these cards for the first time. And, um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it did give me a little bit of a, I don't know, like a little bit of a boost 
of, of excitement and creativity. So I thought, yeah, imagine looking at all this sort of stuff. It's so easy to look at one of like the, the reducers or something and just go, eh, just a reducer. But if you're seeing that for the first time, all these things sort of can, can trigger off in your head. You know, oh, look what I can do with this now, blah, blah, blah. So cards that you kind of overlook do look a bit different when you look at them with a fresh pair of eyes. So that was great. But then um, we stayed up quite late, actually, didn't we? It must have been about half three, I think, when we went to bed. Um, a sleepy one. It was quite a late one. And then off we went to Gamers Nexus in Rayleigh, which is my friendly local game store. I, I can never say that properly. Um, and it was a game night kit. And there was seven of us, I think, wasn't there? In the end? Yeah, seven. I can't remember. Yes, there were seven, yeah. And, yeah, so the Night's Watch deck I've been working on um, for some time, I decided to debut. Um, I've posted the deck list to uh, ThronesDB, and it will be added into the um, bit at the bottom of this on CardGameDB or, or WordPress when we put it up. It performed brilliantly. Um, really, really happy with some of the changes we made about 2am the night before. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt pretty happy with it. I felt like it, it did what it was meant to do. Um, I was very frightened of your deck, Dave, because it doesn't handle Varys particularly well. But on the day, it did all right, didn't it? It seemed to do the job. Um, it certainly did. The, the changes that we made at 2am made that a lot easier. Um, seen in flames out in for Hand's Judgment was, was a pretty good call. Um, so, yes, um, the other games I played that day were against Peel, <laughs> wasn't it? So we uh, came up against Barra Fealty. And then also I played... Uh, Local player Jack using um, a, a variant on uh, Sam Bratz's world deck. So, um, won all of those games and yeah, very, very happy. So, I've posted the deck list. I'm going to back off from Night's Watch for a while and start working on something new, which I haven't quite decided what it's going to be yet. So, yeah, that was me. That was the deck. Fantastic, Peel. Yeah, I obviously went down to Riley and joined uh, Craven for the tournament. Um, we decided we were going down, I think, on the Thursday. Um, when I got a text off Dave at possibly in the evening after work. Probably. Just, yeah. Do you want to go down to Essex tomorrow? Yeah, may as well. Um, play some tournament, play some thrones. It was nice. I got to play your Barra Fealty deck, which is a deck I've come up against, but I've never played, uh, strangely enough. Um, and my first game, unfortunately, was against Craven, who I'd experienced his deck the night before, where he wins by not attacking you, and it's horrible. Yep. <laughs> Contra plan. Yep, dominance wins. I'll take a power for that. Oh, you did get through an unopposed, did you? No, I'll take another two power. All right, then that's four power just in the dominance phase. Lovely little deck. Um, quite annoying to play against because getting through an unopposed challenge against Nice Watch is pretty hard as they're quite balanced in the icons. But yeah, I played you first. Um, lost, went out to you. Uh, then I played Ian, who managed to uh, I managed to get down and keep building. He was playing, I believe, a Lannister build. No, sorry, Targaryen. No. No, he was playing Lannister. No, he's playing Greyjoy. Was he? Greyjoy Martell. That's why the bloody... Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I feel that. If you kept going eventually, you would have got it. <laughs> yeah, could have sworn he was playing Lannister. Um, <laughs> um, no, but, yeah, luckily I managed to overcome his deck. Uh, Greyjoy at the moment, I don't think, are as strong as other houses. But I know they're going to get more deadly. Martell are the same. Uh, it was interesting seeing how they work together. Because obviously Hyperclaim was really fun with Greyjoy and Martell. So fingers crossed they come together a bit nicely in the future. But then obviously Ian unfortunately had to go home after that. 
got a bye and left before the final round. In my last round, however, I came up against something horrible. It was a Barra to Tyrell, and I came up against left and right, and a big guy with a big bloody sword, and... Randall Tarley. It crunched me, every time. Standy Randy. I couldn't do anything about it. It was like, I'll kneel Randy, I'll stand Randy. No! And then left and right, obviously don't (laughs) kneel to defend. I was uh, not hitting the right plots at the right time, so I was having to go first more often than not. So I just couldn't well, get any challenges yeah. through. I'm just going to jump in here and say, for all the people out there who have been loudly complaining that the podcast were all wrong about left and right, you'll be pleased to know you've got a new convert to the church of left and right, haven't they, Peel? I like them. I want to put them in all my decks for the time Yeah, being. came bounding over to me and Dave. Left and right are brilliant. So, they were. They were really hard to get past. They gain icons and don't kneel. It's like, no. Another sensible voice has fallen by the wayside. <laughs> It's all fun and games until Nate reprints Valor and you'll all be crying <laughs> into your suit. Yeah, um, but no, they um, stopped me getting through and Randy, Standy Randy, finished me off. Um, he was getting five power a turn, so the game lasted five turns. Five plots. Uh, three plots. Three plots, sorry. That does make a lot more sense. power. <laughs> I win with a bit more. <laughs> no. uh, it was a good game. And I came <laughs> third due to a computer error. Or was it fifth or fourth? Who knows? Who knows? My name was read out third, but out. I don't think I could have possibly come third. No. No, you couldn't. Like, no. Statistically, it was impossible. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I played a Lannister banter to the Sun deck, which I discussed briefly that I wanted to build. Um, Confiscation is really, really good with Tears of Lease. So in a practice game against Peel, I confiscated... No, I keep saying that. No. Confined. Confinement is really good. Uh, confinemented Mel and Tears of Lease to turn one. And that was essentially game kind of thing. Um, yeah, and in testing it did very well. I went undefeated against you 2 yep. the night before. I rocked up, had a practice game of Peel. It went very well. I played against Alex, who was playing the... Standy Randy. The Baratheon... Yep, Stanley Randy that you were just discussing. Uh, and he got Randy and Hartsbane turned one. And left and right on yeah, setup, and one right. of them duped. But it was fine, because although he got lots of power very quickly, I summoned for Varys turn two. Wiped the board, uh, marched to left, and then it was easy from there. So yeah, Varys is really good. Uh, he was pretty clutch in all my practice games as well, or the vast majority of my practice games. Um, game two, I played against, I believe his name is also Alex. Yes, I bet it's Alex Leggett, I think. Yep, that's right. Playing Targ Fealty. He had an amazing setup of about, you know, five weenies. So I op- including all three reducers. So I opened with calling the banners, made him first. Dropped Varus turn one, reset the board. Lovely jubbly. He didn't see any Dracaris, but it really wouldn't have mattered other, other than making challenge math slightly more difficult. Because after that, I kept on top of him. I murdered one of his dragons with Tears of Lease. I marched another one, that kind of thing. Um, just really hit the dragons, hit his hand, and yeah, that was pretty good. And then I played against you, Craven, and I feel like I made a misplay by not bouncing Will with things I do for love. Yeah, I was fairly certain you was going to do that, and when you didn't, I just figured maybe I, you haven't got it in your hand anymore. I don't really know yeah. what's going on here. Um, I think that would have definitely... I don't know, I can't say for sure if you would have won as a result of doing that. It would have gone longer, certainly. It would have slowed me down, definitely. Yeah. Um, basically, not doing that allowed Craven to trigger the wall for some reason i think it's because i was calculating strength 
and I knelt out all my stealth to get the intrigue through. Yeah. But when I was calculating unopposed, I was thinking I need one of the stealth for the power challenge. And then, of course, I knelt it all and didn't have it for the power challenge. And you put two defenders in. I bounced one and then thought, oh, bollocks. That's not what I want to do. I think that was also my um, Feast for Crows turn. So It was. Yeah, as a five power swing, uh, six including the um, chamber of the painted table. Yeah, brutal it was. Um, so, yeah, I lost to you. You recovered from my Varus better than I did. Uh, definitely. It was closer than the power total would suggest, but you still were in control for the vast majority of that game and you definitely deserved it. But yeah, it was a great weekend. I think Lannister Banter to the Sun is good, but there's a lot of cards in there which kind of didn't really pull their weight. So I don't really know if it's a you know a fantastic banner. Like Ariane was alright in one game, but most of the time I just didn't want to play her. I didn't feel the need I needed her. Um Bastard Daughter was really good. Confinement is obviously amazing. But the rest of the cards, like, Edric was all right. But really, that's only seven cards. Edric, the con- confinements, and the Bastard Daughters. And Calliot was a problem for me. Oh, Calliot was good as well, yeah. Mm. So, but I'm not, I'm not sure how much Ariane is, is really doing for you in that deck. No. I included her because, you know, it's Ariane and she's amazing. But she, except for once when I got to use her and Tyrion to do multiple challenges. And I didn't need to either. Just been Flash. So that's that. I'll, I'll be building a new deck soon, I think. Uh, I've had enough of that for now. Yeah, I'll come back to it, possibly the other way around in a in a month or two, maybe. Cool. So yeah, that was what we did this week, uh, and luckily, we're just about pulling up outside the uh, oh brilliant the party. Let's pop over to the bar and look who it is. Ah, it's Craven's troublemaker. Here he is, Alex Hines. Merry Christmas, Banter. How are you doing? Uh, I'm a bit nervous about appearing on a cast where, where I don't get to edit myself to sound smart uh, and pitch my voice down. They have to deal with my uh, original awfulness. Yeah, I don't have the technical skills to deal with that. Uh, introduce yourself for people who haven't heard you before. Obviously, some people don't listen to other casts because they have taste. So, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Admittedly, in the Thrones community, very, very few people have taste. So it's okay. We get, we get more listeners that way. Um, I'm Alex Istril uh, on the podcast Beyond the Wall, also a bit of a rules lawyer, edited second edition rules and similar stuff, and uh, commit to way too many small projects, Thrones-related things, including the Annals of Castle Black and like the Quill and Tankard's regular, and anytime someone asks me to do something like a podcast, apparently I say yes, um, <laughs> which is unfortunate. <laughs> Okay, so are you, enjoying, are you enjoying yourself today, our lovely party? Uh, this, this is a lovely party. It's, it's a little early in the afternoon for me to be drinking as heavily as, as we are right now, uh, obviously. <laughs> we but, tend to uh, have that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> driving us to drink. Um, but, but unfortunately, I, I was talking to another you know, guest of this mythical universe of ours, and uh, unfortunately, Aaron and I have come to the conclusion that yours is the best cast, and that really hurts to say. Um, <laughs> it, it was after last, last week's episode, which was fantastic, uh, and obviously you have the best guests on, as, as proven by the current you know, interaction. Um, Indeed. <laughs> but, but what I liked about that is that he then said that um, his cast and our cast are competing for second. And given that we haven't released an episode in three weeks, I think competing for second is pretty good. Congratulations, that's a good innings. <laughs> good innings. Again, something that, you, that Craven will have to explain, good innings. North Americans won't get it at all. Of Do course not. not. No, you have a baseball inning, surely. 
Yeah. Is, is that called an innings? It is, oh, is it? it called an innings? Actually, this is one of those cases where I'm more familiar with cricket than I am with baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's called an innings. I think it is. I, don't, I, think it's I wouldn't called, bet on it. But I think it might be not called an innings plural. I think it may be called an in, innings without the S, an inning. Oh, okay. What's something to? It will definitely oh. feature in my translation document when I write that. <laughs> I look forward to reading that. Yeah, yeah. It's getting larger every week. <laughs> uh, it, so this was not only translation from you know the UK to the rest of the world. This was translation from Craven to the rest of the world. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I tend to... Um, I've got a few... <laughs> basically, I've, I've grown up um, kind of near London, but not near enough to be fully kind of ingrained in sort of London speech, like Cockney speech. But with an Essex accent as well, I kind of get a bit of a blend of all of it at the same time. And occasionally, as you may have noticed and other people have noticed and commented on, I come out with things which, yeah, to people who aren't trained with my voice, makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and then so, there's slang as well. Yeah, exactly. So I'm working on it. How are you guys finding running the cast now? You're, uh, what, this is 24, 25? 24. Well, I yeah. touched upon something briefly in response um, to um, the overwhelming tide of praise we had this week. Um, where basically I said I'm lucky enough to be a, uh, you know, a co-host uh, alongside Dave in this regard sorry Peel um, <laughs> um, because 99% of the technical side see look you've only just realised I was insulting you so he was, you he was away being sick I was, I was just realising I'm just researching Canadian terms I'm currently looking through ice hockey terms so hold on for them later you carry on <laughs> You carry on. But um, I was lucky. I said I'm lucky enough to sort of count Dave as my co-host in this regard because um, not only being, you know, a national champion, does he bring a degree of credibility to the nonsense we put out, but the the talent side of the music, you know. Let's you, say the perception of credibility. Yeah, the perception <laughs> of credibility, yeah. Yeah, everything's relative. Um, but, yeah, the song, that was – I had nothing to do with that, you know. And so – I'm very lucky in that regard. Dave does a lot of the work behind the scenes for us as well. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit, a bit of a passenger at times. Um, so I find it really easy, but I don't have to do a lot. So I like to think of you as the enforcer, Craven. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm still just a man. Dangerous? No, he's, uh, he's quick to defend his teammates. Ah, that's what it is. Are you quoting oh, oh, you're quoting Cocky too. I, I didn't even get yes. the transition. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody plays thought, yeah. enforcers anymore. Nobody plays enforcers anymore, or only one team really does. Um, that role's almost disappeared from hockey, so it's practically a dated term. Hey, sort like it a... out. That's <laughs> what Wikipedia's hey, telling me. That sounds fantastic, though. Price, now it? I feel like a hoser. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds funny. <laughs> and and Dave, the cast. Are you drowning in, a, in your own tears yet? <laughs> Sometimes. It used to be really easy. Because um, I got in about, you know, just after six. And I went to the quiz at half past eight. And that was enough time to edit and upload. Like 90% of the casts. Um, and then I'll just post it to WordPress or uh, Facebook or whatever when I got home from the quiz. and Went to bed, that's fine. Uh, but now they brought the quiz forward half an hour. And chaos reigns. Okay. It's this... that extra half an hour is just so clutch. And I can't get to the quiz late because it's the quiz. It's the quiz. So what's no. the quiz? That would be a misconduct. Well, it you know like a pub quiz. Yeah. A quiz in the pub. Okay. And yeah. this is a recurring it's it's not specifically thrones related or anything else. It's just No, no, no. Just no, a pub just... quiz. Yeah, it's, it's trivia and the like. In For the normal people. Pubs are local. Yeah, there's relatively normal people there. 
There is secondary Dave and Crocodile Hammers there most weeks, so it does get a bit out of hand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've been going for years, and there's no way I'm skipping that. Love good quiz. Editing so, is one of those things which Dave often, week by week, he doesn't know how long it's going to take, because I have to be heavily edited at times. Um, Peel's had to be fairly heavily edited once or twice. Because um, <laughs> when Peel edits a show, he just doesn't bother. So, oh, I do. <laughs> like, so when I go to the toilet, when I go to the toilet and specifically say, "Peel, edit this out," you decide to just leave it running <laughs> for ten minutes and talk about my wife. <laughs> yes, I, we actually referred to that before you got on. <laughs> yeah, that specific same moment. Yeah. No, I, I find uh, the editing. One thing that I notice the most doing editing is how much of a mimic I tend to be. If my guest says um about every five words, then both da- uh, both John and I are both saying um every five words, and it's a nightmare to edit. <laughs> oh, no, if, I've never noticed I... that. I've never noticed you doing that. So if it's anything, if it's any consolation, well, that's because I have be... to. I cut all those out. Oh, I see. Each right. individual um every five words. You get to the point <laughs> where you can recognize the waveform, and you don't actually have to listen. You're just like, that's an um. That's an um. That's an um. It has to go. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That's horrendous. I was doing that to begin with, but it got boring quickly, so now I leave most of them in. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, then hopefully you don't wind up with a, a guest that you start to imitate with some nervous tick or some kind. That's true. And then the research oh. team, who's still looking up Canadian hockey terms, how, how do you find doing the cast? Oh, it's enjoyable. I, I must admit, I, when I edit, it takes me back to my old kind of student radio days. So I'm there, again, looking for the ums. They're always like long kind of just high volume for no apparent clear reason uh, so I like to try and edit them out but again with Dave I get a bit lost on them <laughs> and then occasionally I'll even chats about other things and take, don't leave uh, miss a few things here and there Hey, at least you take the ending off unlike me a couple of weeks ago where I yeah. just left you... on 10 minutes of chat about Secret you... Santa <laughs> <laughs> completely spoiling it potentially for some people but I managed to message everyone and say don't listen or don't stop listening after I talk about Venomous Blade. Doesn't, <laughs> no, stop it. I'm personally really glad it was only Secret Santa you left in because some of the stuff we talk about, whoa, oh, no. oh, it no. could have been bad. It could have been real bad. <laughs> um, we've gone through the looking glass You're, you're getting here. listeners' hopes up now at this point. They're, they're waiting for the episode that has all those cuts in, the April Fool's episode. Yeah, well, that's something this. to talk about, yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep up with the songs. Well, you know what complicates it even more? When you have lots of guests to string together. It's a real nightmare. <sighs> Tell us about that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Paramore Invitational one was not too bad. So hopefully today we'll be fine. The Paramore, the Paramore Invitational one was actually it was, it was quite good. The only trouble with it was because each person was telling it independently of the others, you got a lot of redundancy in what was said. Yeah. And that's not something you could really change without like pre-scripting it or anything, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we can't do that. We can't censor our uh, our guests. We, can't, we don't approve Wait, things why? before they bring it up. So that's not how we roll. <laughs> well, that explains we a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sense appeal, but we don't censor the rest. Yeah. Well, since I know you have quite a few guests to, to move on to and that the party's very busy, um, I figured I'd close off with uh, finding out what your hopes for the FFG New Year were going to be. What's, what do you think their New Year's resolutions should be? <laughs> Good question. Mm. I, say, I really hope that the delays are sorted out because See, it, that's the I mean, low-hanging fruit answer that's no, it's true one. though now you've made it harder for peel and craven yeah mm. but it's particularly bad for me because although everyone else was waiting for taking the black i had taken the black from worlds 
and I couldn't play it because no one else had it. <laughs> no, you could do horrible. you could do like Will Lentz did. He went to their their fresh meat invitational or beginning tournament to introduce new players, and he played that and won, <laughs> and then posted about it on the cast. <laughs> Brilliant lad. All right, next time. <laughs> um, okay, well I've got one then. I think FFG should do whatever they need to to get um, Magali Villeneuve and Alexandra Dank back in the fold. We, I'm missing their artwork. We need more, uh, definitely more Magali art. But if Danch comes along as two, then superb. Um, but yeah, I'm really missing their work so far. So I do Although, isn't, come back. isn't the new Stark box another, a new Michael Cormack? Isn't that Cormack as well? Or who was the new Stark box? I don't know. It's gorgeous. It the is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the art is beautiful on that. A few people have commented that, like, whatever variation you get of, of Ned in the um, Heartgrove at Winterfell always looks great, but this is probably the best one I've ever seen. But, um, yeah, I would very much like to see those two back um, in... Oh, no, Cormac was Lords of the Crossing. Never mind. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. which is also fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the art seems to be in two minds in 2.0. There's <laughs> Don't a couple of amazing bits. And then, yeah, like, come on. <laughs> sort it out. Um, but yeah, some of the art is superb. It really is. And, um, like, one, one of the greatest things, actually, about Starlight, which often gets overlooked, is getting to meet the artists and go and see some of them. Um, and we love the guys that go there. They're, re- they're fantastic. Um, yeah. And Marius, especially, it was his first year this year, wasn't it? And uh, uh, Yeah. He was, I don't know if you know, Alex, but he was, um, at some point, decided that he would just do a custom house card for you if you asked for it. And he had a little um, a deck of just blank white cards. And um, they started off fairly tame. Like I wanted a Victorian picture done, so he did that for me. Absolutely superb. But as the uh, weekend went on, <laughs> people got progressively more and more drunk and a bit more kind of bold talking to this new artist. Um, yeah, some pretty crazy house cards were coming out. Um, he was superb. He was so much fun. That's a great one. Those DJ Fish Whiskers. Fish yep. Whiskers. Spinning yep. the deck. Have you heard about that deck, Alex? DJ Fish Whiskers. <laughs> no. Okay, so you don't have a warship. And then you just, so you just used to be just a crack and stand him kneeling. You're just like, yeah, okay, waka, right. Waka. And you can use it with Osher as well if she has a naval icon. So it's just, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's one of the, one of him rolling around and uh, Doran Martell going down the bone way in his wheelchair with a spear. Yeah. Ross has. There's, uh, uh, and I've just had some done as some Christmas presents. So when they arrive, I'll post them up because they are gorgeous. There's Carl Frogo as well, isn't there? Oh, yeah, Carl Frogo. He did Carl Frogo. <laughs> yeah, we discussed that, I think, on the day, didn't we? On the yeah. Starlink episode, Carl Frogo. But, yeah, that's my one. Let's get Magali back, because uh, she's fantastic. Yeah. Peel? Yep, I'd like there to be no more complications or cock-ups or anything going wrong with Price Sport this year. I'd like it all to be one lovely, smooth, open canvas with no hidden surprises towards the end of a tournament. <laughs> so is this just specifically a reference to... The Stalic sort of last minute organized play stuff? Or is this also the UK Nationals and the way that sort of took a while <laughs> to get sorted? Um, <laughs> All of the above? Yeah, a bit All from column A, a bit from column B. <laughs> I just, you know, it caused a lot of stress, a lot of hassle for everyone who had organized to go, and a lot of people were upset about it and everything. And I just like this year just for it all to go lovely and smoothly without just a plain, calm sailing thing, just a nice little breakaway. The actual prize support for Starlek was pretty good. Like, once yeah. they actually pulled the finger out and got it. Like, it That's was... what I mean, but it was just the stress of obviously dealing with it all beforehand. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I speak for everyone when I say that if they're going to give us bad news, i.e. we can't have this, we can't have that. I'd rather just know straight away 
and it be up front rather than loads of arming and in grey area and then loads of last minute changes of mind. Just say it. Just come out and say it. Yeah. We don't want to have a delayed penalty. (laughs) (laughs) He's still looking at that list. (laughs) (laughs) What makes me laugh is, right, Alex mentioned ice hockey, yeah. Peel immediately goes and researches it. Last week we had exclusive spoilers. Two cards. No, and towards the end, Peel still hadn't read it. He still hadn't read Shadow Black Lane after we was reviewing it. We've had one <laughs> passing mention of ice hockey, and Peel's now an expert. <laughs> What's that I'm about? just at full strength. Yeah. Peel's uh, Peel's comments on Shadow Black Lane were edited heavily. There was definitely censorship there. It was a gross <laughs> misconduct. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on, and I'll let yeah. you get to the uh, plethora of guests that I yeah. can imagine are around us now. Yes, shall we uh, pop up for a fag, lads? Let's go. Thanks, Alex. Oh, see you, right. mate. See you later, Alex. Good to see you. Oh, look at this Donovan smoking a funny cigarette on the balcony. What are you like? How are you doing? You having a good time? Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm great, actually. My holiday just started, so um, awesome. Yeah, you look like you're enjoying yourself. Um, <laughs> for those who haven't met you, you haven't been on the cast before, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, my name is Donovan. Um, I live in the Netherlands. Uh, I've been playing Thrones for almost two years now. And I went to a bunch of uh, international tournaments. So most of the international players probably know me. Um, What more is there to tell? Uh, I heard you did really well at one of these international tournaments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that. Uh, I won Starlek Joust in 2014 playing uh, Barathe No Agenda um, I was playing for about 7 to 8 months at that time and um, I was really fortunate to make it to the final and so, uh, yeah luck, luck brought you to the final but it was pure skill that actually smashed Laplante out of the park out the park. Well, yeah. <laughs> a yes. skill was involved. Yes, obviously. Yes, yes. Lots <laughs> just... of skill was involved. You're being very humble. You did a great job. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. So what do you want to talk to us about today? I actually want to talk to you guys about uh, Martel uh, as a faction okay. in 2.0. Uh, because Fantastic. I think that it's great. And I know for a fact that it's your favorite house. So <laughs> Yes, it is. Um, okay. I, I, what are um, I think Martel is really great at the moment, and it should it deserves more attention than it is getting at the moment. Um, everyone says that draw in this faction is shit, but I disagree actually, because we have the um, the green blood traders and Dora Martel, which is the most underrated card in. 2.0, I think. Yeah? Yeah, I, 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 be, I believe that. Because if you're playing the long game, he is so awesome. If you have plenty of uh, lords and ladies out, uh, and it happens to be that Martel has some really nice lords and ladies, Ariane Martel is awesome, and Edric Dane is also not to be underestimated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, Especially when you have Dawn on the board as well, which uh, is, which is an uh, attachment that we haven't seen a lot of, uh, I think, and we should see more because it's awesome. 
And I think that the latest spoiler, Namir Ascent, will actually make Martel uh, maybe a tier one deck. The problem for me with Nymeria Sand is that she's not loyal, so yeah, you can still just get all her benefits in any house. That is true. I though. mean, like the Green Blood Traders are loyal, and Doran is loyal, and I I agree that he is sometimes underrated, but I found him very expensive, and often I just don't have the money to play him. But I'd rather play something else. I would agree that the Green Blood Traders are fantastic. Though. I mean, the very brief times that I've used them, I've been constantly surprised by just actually how much value you get out of that ability. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's very good. And the first, the first three to five times I actually revealed the two cards, thinking it was a house messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Until someone told me, "Well, uh, you don't actually have to show the cards." I was like, "Oh, oh, wow! It's even better than I thought." <laughs> a couple yeah. of times at the weekend, I um I played a messenger raven when Sam was on the table and tried to draw. Two. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's a lot of things to get over. Yeah, yeah. I almost said yes when you said that. I was <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, go for it. I'm not going to waste the thinking on that. Not at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> Just draw two cards. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, and I also believe that Gaston Grey is the best location in the game. It is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Sunspear is also great as well. And and what these two locations do is they are really mind fucking your opponent because you can use them at any given time. And your opponent knows about that. So it's pretty tough playing around those two locations. And they can be a threat during the entire game without even using them once. Okay. And which um, and I think that it that really is awesome. Yeah. I totally agree. Um I was up against um a Tyrell Martel deck this weekend. Um I don't tend to attack at all in the Night's Watch deck I was using. Um, but occasionally I will do. If the opportunity is there to have a little swing, I will do. But um, from, from the start of the game, the opponent had Sunspear, oh, sorry, not Sunspear, had Gaston Grey out from setup. Um, and my economy is so fragile in my deck, I don't really want to be having to replay anybody if I can av- avoid it. So I didn't leave, I didn't attack once because yeah. I thought I, I don't want to risk it. Um, I can get away with that in my deck because I don't need to attack. But for most decks, making that decision of, oh, man, when am I going to have the money to actually throw my big hitter in to do some work? Really slice people down. So I tell you, Gaston Gray is so good. And and the trick with Gaston Gray is that you need to plan ahead, uh, wait until a key character has three or maybe four power for renown on it before you actually use it. Make sure they, they their hand is almost or near empty and then play heads on spikes. To turn yes! <laughs> such an amazing move yeah heads on spikes with Gaston Grey brilliant yeah. Break- that was basically the entire premise of my Night's Watch deck yeah. <laughs> oh, breaking beautiful. hearts left right and centre and I also believe that uh, the the Viper yeah uh, the Viper is also an amazing card together with Doran's game and the Viper is so great because you only need him to go off once together with Doran's game to make a giant power swing and that is pretty much game the other day i i did a an 11 power swing with uh, oh. the viper and um doran's game when i had a shitload of plots in my use pal and it was pretty much game yeah i can imagine it would be but that's that's uh that's i mean that's a really 
a great scenario. It doesn't happen every game. But, I mean, you only need that swing once. And that is why I think the Viper is also underestimated. I am not saying that he is the best 7-cost character in the game. Because I would be lying. Uh, but he is he is really good. And together with Dora Martell, um, I think we should not underestimate this faction. We should play it more and more. Because I, I, the thing is that um, just because people say something is bad, you should not just forget about in the, a whole faction. Because apparently Martell has won Worlds 2.0 as well. Yeah, true. The, the deck wasn't playing the Viper and Doran, but I mean, as a faction, it, it's a great faction. And it should deserve more attention. I, I, I agree, and I, I sincerely hope uh, people listen to this and do give it a go, because I would like to see more. I'd definitely like to see a, a deck with, with the Viper in um, okay. win something significant, because that would make me yeah. very happy. Exactly. Go on, yeah. send me your list, and I'll, uh, I'll start playing it. All right, all right cool. I will definitely do that. Yeah. I've got some mini-events coming up. I'm, I'll play Martel one of them, see what happens. Cool. What, what's your favourite banner? Favorite banner. I am actually playing Fealty at the moment. Uh, oh, yes. Mm. Um, um, I think with uh, Banner to Tyrell, that is okay. awesome. With Marjorie, making sure that Doran's game is even more. Uh, I mean, um, that the Viper is even more amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see. Are that. you playing left and right in that build? Uh yes, I am. Yeah, I thought yeah. you would be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think they are pretty great, actually. Yeah. You're another one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was biased that from the start. But a, lot, a lot of other people were as well, but um, I just started testing them, and I think that they are great. Uh, yesterday, I played a match, and I faced, faced left and right from setup, which is uh, pretty nasty and really tricky to get rid of. So um, I think they are awesome when, once they both uh, hit the table. Yes. Yeah. I just want to say that I really enjoy listening to you guys every week. And you guys are doing a great job. And um, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for the kind words. Yeah, thank you for coming up. I, I really thank mean... you for liking left and right. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was in the corner here and I felt pressured. But no, now someone else has come out. Exactly. Right. <laughs> we stick together, we'll be fine. Yes. So, so uh, can I be left and then you can be right then? I think that's a fair oh. deal. Yeah, I'll right. definitely be up for dressing like that at Melee. At oh, start. that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm... But who's the Queen of Thorns? Yeah, you are, yeah. Dave. I'm going to get in oh. there. You're dressing up as the Queen of Thorns, Dave. If other people pay for the costume, I'm, I'm going to wear it. Like, I'm happy. Well, you I'll heard it here first. <laughs> We can run around in lederhosen. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. Okay, sure. Right, well, we've had this text from the bouncer that someone has opened an unsolicited fair trade vegan turkey stand in the car park. Oh, oh God. That kind of stuff we just can't tolerate. I know that is. So, yeah, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave, love you and leave you there, Don. Oh, but uh, thank you for joining fine. us. Fine, okay. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. right. Rowan, how are you doing? I thought I'd find you here. Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. Nice party. Uh, thanks Cheers. for having me along. That's all right. You having a good time? Yeah, I am having a good time. But I was just, um, I've just been thinking and worrying a little bit about something, something in second edition deck building that the community at large seems to have been completely failing to acknowledge. 
And what's that? And uh, what that thing is, right, is that in second edition, there is no such thing as a no agenda deck. So let me explain why. My mind is blown. <laughs> so I was recently, I was building a Lannister deck and I didn't want to build it with anything else, with any other faction. I thought I want to go mono Lannister because they've got some fun stuff and I want to stick with Lannister. Right? But I want to play all the good neutral cards, right? You've got to play Varys, you've got to play Tears of Lease, you've got to play Milk of the Poppy, you've got to play Six Economy, and so on. So, I don't want to play Fealty. So what agenda do I play, right? You banter to the lion. Banter to the lion, exactly, exactly. There's no reason not to, and I get the added benefit that when I sit down across from my opponent in a tournament setting with Lannister banner to the lion, which I've done, <laughs> they get really confused. <laughs> <laughs> they're like shit i've missed something here <laughs> you you say that like this is a bad thing no it's brilliant it's yeah. excellent but nobody notices nobody's noticing it. i've been listening to the other podcasts um well you, you should know. stop obviously yeah I, I, apologies i know i've been uh <laughs> tempted away <laughs> someone's, um, got to, someone's got to listen to him yeah exactly exactly i'll take the bullet um but and they they talk about you know lannister no agenda and i'm sitting there you know swearing loudly in my room going what is this no agenda there's no such thing banter to the line a, every time you're wasting a card absolutely absolutely yeah you get th- you know you bought three core sets you've got three copies of every house card make fucking use of them that's definitely true you're all about like recycling and finding new uses for things aren't you absolutely man. <laughs> <laughs> it was to be expected do you think that they'll bring in no agenda tech in the future? Well, I fucking, stuff out of first edition? I fucking hope not, because then I'll have to stop playing Band of the Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be sad. <laughs> if you are running an agenda, search your deck for a copy of a character. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's almost inevitable that they will be. Yeah, I guess so. Were any of the champ cards agenda tech? Not off the top of my head. Not that I think... No that I can think of. No, I don't think they were. Even then, a lot of them are going to have to be changed, so... Yeah, it's true. They could always just remove that restriction. <laughs> if you are playing Banner to your own house, <laughs> this character gains. Yeah. <laughs> Is, uh, if they do introduce no agenda tech, will that just kill Fealty? I mean, probably. I'm, I'm of the controversial opinion that Fealty will die slowly anyway. Just yeah. not because, not necessarily because they'll print better agendas, but because they'll print enough good neutral cards. Like, we're a pack in, and I'm already finding it difficult to build a deck with less than 15 neutral cards. Yeah, yeah. But then you might just get, you know, good in house cards that take over, because at some point, Stark will get a kill event, one assumes, that will replace Put to the Sword, or, or augment Put to the Sword, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess so. You no, know, I hope he doesn't go. I don't like the idea of just a dead agenda. We had enough of those. Yeah, I don't think it will go. I think, and it's a good thing that it's already becoming difficult. Of what do I put in to get the benefit out of this? You know, I think that's quite good. That says a lot. That even at this but stage, the decision points are starting to get a little bit more intense. I mean, bear in mind we're at a core and an expansion in. That's pretty good, to be fair. That's a good place to be. But there's also this faction card kneeling thing, right? Yes. Which is like. It's already, like, in Lannister Band of the Lion, I'm already having problems with things I do for Love and the Wildling Horde at the same time. Um, and, I mean, that was even before the chapter paper was released when I cut the Wildling Horde for the Hound, obviously. But now I got, you know, Shadowback Lane goes in Lannister, easily. That's another faction card needing thing. 
Like, how often am I actually going to be triggering a fealty? How many neutral? How many uh, in-house events are you running in your Lannister build? Well, six. Six. You're running the full play set of, of both. Yeah, yeah. Things I do for love is possibly my favourite card in the game at the moment. It, it's so versatile. I love just sitting on a massive stack of gold. When you you get Tywin out and you're like, I'll pass Marshling, and they think, oh well, he's got ambush or he just wants Tywin to be massive. No, I'm going to bounce Eddard. <laughs> <laughs> Eddard's going straight out the window. It's yeah, pretty. yeah. I I I played two copies in my deck this weekend and it was it was a lot of fun i could definitely see going up to three mm. but that hand's judgment is really scary it is isn't it is, is the ruling that it can cancel you for no gold is that what it is that is the ruling yeah so, so what's rules. that so the printed cost of things i do for love is x and therefore it is zero for the purposes of hand's judgment is it really it is and similarly if you pay two to cancel my put to the sword I can pay, play my hand's judgment for free because your printed cost is X, which is zero. Get out. No, nope, that's the ruling. Um, oh, hang on, I just need to think about that for a second. Am I mad? Um, no, I'm all right with it. Okay. Uh, I thought, oh, that was close. <laughs> I thought all the, uh, all the uh, gears starting to activate then. Um, <laughs> no, it's all right. Deactivated. No, that's okay. That makes sense. That's actually pretty clear, isn't it? Good straightforward. Yeah. Well, I say it's pretty clear. It's not. I was surprised, but now I know. Kind of makes sense. I'm cool with it. Well, I think in that case we're gonna gonna head off for a piss then. Excellent. I need a piss. Do you guys want to join me? Well, um, well, I need to go as well, and someone's gonna have to help me lift this. So, yeah, <laughs> oh. that that's your job then, Peel. You're uh, Peel the dirty rascal. I've forgotten. I'm the dirty rascal. Oh, you can hold your own then. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Catch you later then, Rowan. See, See you, mate. Later. Oh, Jakob doing your hair in the mirror doing his fantastic hair oh hello no, no surprise here of course if we're going to find you anywhere it will be here are you enjoying yourself oh yeah i'm a, I'm a bit surprised that i'm here as well <laughs> i was like i'm just walking around i'm just i saw it's a party so <laughs> yeah why no. not <laughs> of course what, um, what are you dressed as this is my my finest actually my sunday oh. best Oh really? Yes. I, I would I wouldn't guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for those who don't know you, obviously you've not been on the show before. Can you give the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm 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 Jakob. I'm from Sweden. I'm I'm originally from the west coast of Sweden. Uh, I've I've been on a detour to your majestic island of the west <laughs> for a few years. I've my wife studied in Southampton, so I stayed two and a half years in. Southampton, went back to Sweden. Uh, during that time, I played some Thrones, and recently I've, I've, um, I've won a tournament. So, that's me. Yeah, what, what tournament was that? Because you're kind of downplaying it a bit. Uh, I won the World Championship of the first edition Joust. Yeah, see, that's pretty good. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> Aren't all our guests so humble? They are, aren't they? Mm. Oh, you just Donovan, pick the best, don't you? <laughs> uh, Donovan earlier on tried to downplay winning Starlick. You're trying oh. to downplay winning Worlds. I won a three. I won like a seven-man tournament the weekend. I've told everybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Don is at the party as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. Nice. I've, I've just been dancing around in the corner for myself. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out on the balcony at the moment having a funny cigarette. Oh, nice. <laughs> funny cigarette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. 
Are you guys, um, have you, um, you know, parties and everything, do you, do you usually sing at parties? Sing at parties, yes, but only when we're very drunk. Well, me especially. Are you, are you drunk now? I, I, I can't tell. <laughs> we, we don't know either. We can never tell. <laughs> I think if you're lucky, the singing might come, in later. come later. I mean, we did a lot of singing last week. Yeah, I'm like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. sung out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Christmas party and everything, and I'm from Sweden. Um, I don't know. First of all, what do you know about Sweden? Um, uh, not a lot. Make Saabs and very reliable cars, basically. And very reliable I, furniture. I know that everything you make is considerably better than anything we make. It's quite astounding. A bit like Germany. Yeah, but we're still in the shadow of Germany, aren't we? I think Germany's they're just beasts. <laughs> they're making things. Don't you dare downplay the Volvo. <laughs> oh, the Volvo. But none of the cars are Swedish anymore. None of the Saabs or Volvo. They're, they're actually like American-owned now. So... Saab unfortunately went broke uh, oh, yeah. at the start of the year. But that is true. Well, I'm gonna be the guy. I'm gonna be the guy that says Vikings. Mm. That's what Good. I know of. Yeah. Raiding Vikings. This is <laughs> it. And Gustav Adolphus. He was oh. pretty badass. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's good 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 fun facts about Sweden. So, but in Sweden we like to uh, we like to sing as well. So I thought I, I've been preparing and, and tried to to um, to prepare a song that we can sing at this party. Okay. <laughs> and, oh, and, yes. and and I thought that would that would be fun. It would be a, a fun thing at this party. Okay. <laughs> so so if we I'm, I'm just handing you right now <laughs> this this. This lyric here <laughs> that you can that you can read. It's in Swedish. Yes, it is. <laughs> and 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 I'm I'm going to try as the um, as um. the leader I am of this group um, to try and and sing the first phrase and and you'll try and repeat it. Okay. Is that all right? Oh God! <laughs> all I right. can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm on this. Okay. 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 <clears throat> it, it, It'll be something like Hey, tomte gubba, slå i glasen och låt oss lustiga vara. Now you go. <laughs> hey, tomte gubba, da kan slå i glasen och lustiga vara. <laughs> no. <laughs> it seems so simple to begin with. And then there's all these dots above the words. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what that means. What are these accents? <laughs> <clears throat> let's try again. The second phrase is exactly the same as the first one. So let's do it again. Everyone at the same time. One, two, three. Hey, to be fair, the third phrase looks a little simpler. Oh, yeah. Well, does the, it? the melody changes a bit. Oh. It goes like this. En liten tid, vi lever här med mycket möda och stort besvär. Okay. Okay. That's all right. Do you want to try it? That sounded good to me, I'll be honest. Yeah, 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 that's good. That was that was much better. And then the yes. fourth one is exactly the same as the two first ones. So let's do that one. Hey Tomte Gubba slå i glasen och låt oss lustiga vara. Good. the first two words, but then it all goes pear shaped. It does. For me. Yeah. Hey Tom to Gooba, I can do that bit. Yeah. Okay. Hey Tom to Gooba. Yeah. 
See? Is Do this it. like a partridge in a pear tree, but in Swedish? I'm, uh, I'm going to give you the lyrics in a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> when this is translated to English, am I going to be able to keep my job? <laughs> yeah, 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 no worries. Okay. <laughs> That's fine then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You do it. I'm doing. God, Craven, Craven, you have a go. See how far. Where you is go. it? I can. I can honestly do the first two words, but then I. I can't do the rest. Have I can, you got I a pronunciation spelling? I, I, I hmm? can lead you in, Dave, and you can take over. I can try. Yeah. Ready. Yeah. Hey, Tom Tuguba. Schleiglassen, or Klaus Lustivara. I forgot the chip. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's <just one> <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. So the translation is, Hi, Tom Tuguba, which is little, you know, the Santa's little helpers. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fill your okay. glasses and let's be jolly together. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. And the second part is, our time is brief upon the earth with troubles many and little mirth. Oh. And then it's, hi, Tom Tuguba, fill your glasses and let's be jolly together. Oh, that's a lovely Hey, song. lovely. It is. That's lovely. I was terrified for a few moments. <laughs> this is a drinking song in Sweden. Okay. Well, this is what Google Translate made out of it. I guessed it was a drinking song by hitting the glasses and let us merry be. <laughs> yes. That's what yes. I got from it. <laughs> with yes. much, a little while we live here with much effort and great inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Google. You never change. Oh, amazing. I'm having a great time at this party, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we can tell. So, <laughs> and the acoustics expect- in here are yes. fantastic. Really yeah, definitely. Well, that was great fun. I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> no, me neither. I'm afraid, Jacob. Unless you, uh, you've got anything else, we're going to have to um, attend an emergency that's just come up. Oh, really? Yeah, that's I'm afraid. Sad to hear. Uh, our friend Will has been on the fruities all night, uh, and he's just oh. put his hand through it and cut up oh. his arm. Oh dear. Yeah, so we're going to have to attend to that. So thank you so much for joining us. If, um, if he needs, by any reason, help in singing, just give me a shout. I'll, I'll have a good I'll, song for him. <laughs> I'll put you in touch. I wish you'd been here the entire time, but everyone just came in. <laughs> and just like, oh, you're here now. Yeah, try and sing this. <laughs> oh, you're having a rough time at the party? No, let's sing together. <laughs> if right. there's ever a Beautiful chance where we make another song, uh, we wa- I want you to record a segment of it. Not necessarily, oh, even awesome. if it's just you shouting, so we can drop it in as an MP3. Um, I feel like next Starlake, we need to learn this song. We yes, need to definitely next this Starlake, song. we will Starlake. do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Fantastic. So, and ending everything with saying, Good Yule, which is Merry Christmas in Swedish. Good Yule. <laughs> Good Yule. Good Yule. All right, cheers, Jakob. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Thank Take care. Will, how are you doing? Hello. All right, thank you. Are you having a good time? I'm having an excellent time. Fantastic. How's your hand? My hand is not broken anymore. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's the NHS. Lame. It is. It, God thank said. God for the NHS. <laughs> Indeed. Do you want to introduce yourself for those who don't know you? I which think, is everyone. I think you should probably introduce me, really. I mean, you've, in, you've invited me to this wonderful party. Okay, well, for those who don't know him, Will is uh, one of our friends from Brigstock, broadly, sort of. who now lives far away in the north. <laughs> I do. Um, in the grim north. He, yeah, he's never played Thrones, and uh, he's never—you never seen Thrones, have you? No, no, no. You never watched Thrones. You never uh, read it either, have you? No. 
No, but he likes to contribute to our listener questions. I do. So we thought we'd bring it on live <laughs> listeners' questions today. Uh, so yeah, take it away. Right. Are we, are we ready for the game? Yes. Yes. Right. So as it's as it's Christmas and it's a bit festive, we're going to go for Christmas number ones of the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got them in front of me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you each one, and you're going to give it a rating of ten or out of ten. <laughs> no, they're all getting straight tens. I prefer that version. I, I can assure you they're not. Ten out of ten would listen. They're definitely not all tens. Some of them are awful. <laughs> right, so 1990, it's the devil himself, Cliff Richard, <laughs> and he released Saviour's Day. 0.6. Oh. I'm a... going to go with zero out of ten because he, as you say, he is the devil is. who murders all our favourites. I was going to go for three out of ten. Which Ooh. kind of makes me the biggest Cliff Richard fan on the car. <laughs> Have you got the calendars? <laughs> Not yet. The calendar. Well, I obviously get them cheap because no one else wants them. I've looked at it. <laughs> well, 1991, we go up slightly. We've got Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. I presume when Freddie Mercury died, this was released. Four out of ten. Four out. Are we rating them on Christmasiness? Well, just, just general, like... to be honest. Just general rating. Okay. I think eight. I was going to say eight as well. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I, it's both overrated and not that Christmassy. I think it's very good. It's only worth an eight because of that Wayne's World scene. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. that gives it an extra couple of points. Definitely, it does. It would. <laughs> it'd be an average six. Let's face it. If it wasn't for that, <laughs> <laughs> it's not on my phone. It's not one of. The, it's not the only Queen song on my phone. Is it not? No, the one I've got is uh, sung by Elton John. So. <laughs> Well, that improves it immensely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, so 1992, we've got another classic. It's, uh, unfortunately, she died of crack addiction. It's Whitney Houston, and I will always love you. <laughs> well, she clearly won't, will she? Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, um... <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to say two out of ten. Ooh, that's harsh. Um, well, I'm not going to put it above Cliff now. Um, someone's <laughs> got to go out of for him. Crack? Definitely. It would be All a right, five okay. otherwise, but I can't stand the crack. <laughs> Very so, Moorish. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also a song that irritates me. So the song, I'm not speaking ill of the dead here. Just saying, <laughs> don't like it. I think I'm going to give it a three. It got bonus points for the crack, but it got <laughs> negative points because the day she died, I was out clubbing and they played it. And then we went to another club and they played it. And that irritated me. Overkill. It's Halloween. I don't want to hear this on Halloween. I, I think it, zombie Whitney Houston would make an excellent Halloween costume. Right. Next year, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a go. <laughs> Did we get, is that free ratings we've had there? No, I'm giving it a five just a because five. Kevin Costner, um, was in, in a film with her. Yeah. He was. Gotta give gotta give, you know, respect to Kevin Costner. I have. Anything he touches is nothing but gold dust. We should we should also give it respect because it is the longest uh reigning number one well Christmas number one of the nineties. Oh wow. It was ten oh. weeks. What do I know, huh? It's a hell of a long time for Whitney cool Houston. <laughs> yeah. No wonder she ended up on crack. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So 1993, I feel, is going to take some explaining for the American listeners. Uh, it's Mr. Blobby with his self-titled <laughs> hit, Mr. Blobby. 
<laughs> now, I'm going to explain this one. Um, yeah. I'm not putting this in the translation document. But, so you <laughs> it was in the 90s. There was a TV show called Was it just Noel's House Party? It was Clinkley Bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Where did Crinkly Bottom come into it? That's where it was set. Yeah. Right. Okay. And Mr. Blobby, he was sort of a mascot, wasn't he? Yeah. But he looked yeah. like a walking novelty condom. That's what he looked like. <laughs> yeah. Horrific. Very handsy, wasn't he? Very handsy. <laughs> Horrific, yeah. It was it was legalised rape, is what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like a chat show where the, the guests would just get molested by Mr. Blobby. Yeah, and get gunged as well. I think yeah. there was gunged Wasn't involved. Mr. Blobby, the person who dressed up as Mr. Blobby, actually recently arrested for certain crimes of that nature? I don't know if he actually hands. was, but we discussed Mr. Blobby about five or six weeks ago on the show. I think when Dave was in Worlds and I was a bit drunk. And I said that you look back at Mr. Blobby now and you have to wonder, given the history of BBC Entertainment around about that time period. Yeah. It does make you think, hmm. All a bit utery. All a bit, hmm, <laughs> Blobby, hmm. Mm. As a side a- note, I would suggest Googling the Mr. Blobby theme park at some point if you ever find yourself with five minutes on the internet it's disturbing thing is i know that that so I, I remember that but i know right now peel is on the b <laughs> in the google search so I i've already got it up and it's yeah. so yeah, depressing <laughs> i'm already planning when we could go and visit as like a day out for us all i know um, you guys so well now but the, the slightest sniff of something to go and chase up when we're recording <laughs> peels in there like swimwear so, we need, I think we should rein this in. We need to rein this in, and we need a rating for Blobby Song. 10 out of 10. No, 5 10 out, out of 10. 10. Oh, 5 yeah. out of 7. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Perfect 5 out of 7. Perfect. Yeah, I'll go with 5 out of 7. Perfect. Right. <laughs> so, now we've got um, 1994, and it's E17. They, they were a boy band who looked like drug dealers. And quite famously, the lead singer a few years ago got run over by his own car. Didn't he, he did. Excellent effort. Excellent. He fell out of the driver's seat and he's, um, he's, the car, his own car ran his head over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a hero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I personally very much like the video for this one because it, it made me view ski wear in a whole different light. Um, <laughs> stay another day. Yep. Classic. Absolute this is going to get seven and a half out of ten. Oh, strong. Yeah. Solid I'm, score for E17. I'm not sure I've heard it. Oh, yes. you've heard so, it. You've you, heard it. You would have heard it. You just won't know it off the top of your head. Okay, because if I haven't heard it, Will is definitely going to abuse me with it in a couple of days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> going to get it. Barry, E17. I am. Stay another day. <laughs> it's a classic. It is a Christmas classic. <laughs> Clearly. It Clearly. is. And for that reason, I'll give it my highest rating so far. Of 6 out of 10, by the 7 out of 10 that was before. Excellent. <laughs> so, Bammy, you can't really give a rating, can you? I though? can't. I can't, I'm afraid. Yeah. You put it this way, if they turned up on your doorstep, you wouldn't give them a quid for carol singing. they look like they'd stab you. <laughs> okay. Right. You, they were, you'd be, you'd they be were... ushering your children into a panic room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would indeed. Right, so 1995, we've got another legendary song. It's Michael Jackson. We won't make any comments on Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's not uh, Earth Song. I wasn't Earth aware song. that this was a Christmas number one. It's a terrifying video where an elephant dies and then comes back to life. 
<laughs> and yeah, yeah, I didn't know. That, I didn't know that either. My overriding memory of the Earth song was watching the Brit Awards and Jarvis Cocker jumped on stage and kind of just basically mugged Michael Jackson off midway through the performance. That's my he only did. memory. For those and things then, that we shouldn't mention. Exactly for those very things. Um, <laughs> but Earth song is a classic. I'd say it's one of his stronger songs, even though it wasn't from his prime. No, I, I would totally agree with that one. So I'm going to give it... Oh, I don't know, though. It's not Christmassy, is it? It's not. I mean, a, a necromantic sort of elephant doesn't really make you think of the festive season. No. It's, um, his tusks became erect again. It was horrible. Yeah, potent metaphors there. Um, and for the alarmingly <laughs> creepy nature it's revealing itself, it's dropped down to a six and a half out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Elephant but, necromancy and freshly erect, erect tusks. Do me a favour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with seven because they're just bonus to me. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. A four? I didn't like Michael harsh. Jackson's this phase. This was like after he'd done bad, after he'd had all the amazing songs and stuff. Phil, that's been struck from the record. You were told to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ignore this. He's, he had a perfectly fine career. There was nothing strange about Michael Jackson. At all. You are compromising the jury. <laughs> yes. I just said it was after his better albums. I think I managed to stop just beforehand. You know what you said. We're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to move on to 1996. And... Good it becomes year. a it becomes a beaut- it is an excellent year because it's the Spice Girls. Oh. Yes, <laughs> two become one. Oh, oh, this song about sex that was it's hidden the very thing that well. started all of this. Yeah, ten out of ten would become one again. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten. Yep, excellent. Right, <laughs> that was unanimous. So, nineteen ninety seven, Spice Girls again. Oh, another one. <laughs> Too much. Now, I had to look this one up on YouTube because I didn't know it, but I did know it, if you see what I mean, once I heard it. Do you want to sing it for us so we get a... Uh... I do not. <laughs> <laughs> the video was good. I'll give you that. I've just Googled it, and that guy's sideburns are definitely too much. That's Richard E. Grant. Yeah. <laughs> well, too much. <laughs> Indeed. I, it also, the video features many, many scenes from Spice World, the movie, which I saw at a cinema. You saw in it in the, the cinema? 90s. I did. Living out around that cinema time, is I'm no longer there, but the, the memories remain. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you go with? Was that was that like a date? Or it wasn't a date. I was, I was, was I'd have been ten, so yeah. it was with my sister. Oh, nice. Not on a date, obviously. <laughs> so, we, what do we think? Um, well, again, I don't know it, but apparently, I probably know it. But it's you'd know it if you had it, so. and so. I will go with a minimum 7 out of 10, just for that alone. I don't recall it off the top of my head, but I was going to give them a 7 based on previous... Yeah, based on, you know, their their previous upward trend of songwriting ability. Um, A a base 7. I would say it's probably their strongest strongest videos in terms of looks, to be honest, as well. Yeah? Lots of leather. Mm. (laughs) The scary spies is wearing some spikes, I think, as well. Looking like, like one it. of the Legion of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> a natural habitat. Um, yes. Seven out of ten, I'll go with. Excellent. It was their sad so, song, and it was after Two Become One, so I'm guessing this is after they became one and they broke up. They did. Like, it was too much. Yeah. Too much. So, 1998. Spice Girls. <laughs> no, really? They, they did a, a triple... <laughs> A triple 
header, would you call it? I don't know. A triple success. Yeah, it was, I believe, their final song until their reunion. Uh, we're now minus Jerry, I'm afraid. Uh, it's goodbye. Goodbye, Jerry. It's goodbye. The song is goodbye. Goodbye, Jerry. Goodbye, everybody. They all went on to do their solo stuff that no one remembers. Apart from that one with Brian Adams. <laughs> Standard. Well done. Hang on, was that 1996? This is 98 we're on to now. Oh, right, okay. You've lost two years, Bill. <laughs> two years. years of Spice Girls. Oh, I know why as well. I know, I know exactly what he's been doing. He's Googling Blobby World, isn't he? He is, he's looking at it. <laughs> I found a map, I've got roots up. See, I, I wasn't wrong, was I? I knew. <laughs> <laughs> he went off on one about hockey earlier, Will. He didn't. Complete chaos. Sticks. <laughs> he went yeah. off about sticks. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> Just, just terms, terms of sticks. Do the, do the world of. I was going to call it Lord of the Rings. That's not what this is at all. What is this? Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> do they are they aware that Peel is the worst person in the world? Uh, I think they're probably gathered by twenty-four <laughs> <of> this. <laughs> Peel is a horrendous human being. Awful person. One of my favourite people, but also horrible. <laughs> so okay, yeah. Ratings on goodbye. I mean, it's a sad moment all round, really. I'm going to default to seven again because I don't really recall it, so it can't be worse than seven. Well, I had a listen of it and I, I struggled with it, I must admit. I'm going to have to drop down to six because it doesn't have Jerry. I remember this Good one point. and it's definitely a four. I would agree with you, Peel. It's a very sad video. They're just all walking around looking at it. It was. Solid. Oh, no. I listened to it earlier, and Ness said, why didn't they go out on one of their party tunes? And I would agree. It was a big downer for the entire Spice Girls girl power era. It was. And it only spent a week at number one, which sort of proved it. It wasn't a very good song at all. It was just... Uh... It wasn't. So, we're on to the last year now. Uh, the Spice Girls era is over. Their, their reign is done. And it's Westlife. We've gone <laughs> on to the Irish contingent now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh... Apparently it was a double a double hit, so I presume they released both A and B sides. Mm. It spent four weeks at number one. I have a dream slash seasons in the sun. Oh, both rip-offs, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Write your own music like the Spice Girls did. I did. I mean, that is one thing you can get, say about the Spice Girls. I'm pretty sure they never did a cover. No, no. However, Jerry, uh, is it the Scary Spice? is now doing a new TV series um, where they have to basically pretend to sing. And I thought right. that's the perfect thing for her to host. It's a perfect like, metaphor. Mm. Is she still dressed like Legion of Doom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole show takes place in a wrestling ring. <laughs> it does. And she beats the crap out of them if they yeah. can sing. I don't know. Well, Professor B guest hosts Green. Who? Is guest hosting. Professor Green is guest hosting I it with I thought you said Professor B. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Professor B. She's, she's gone and got a bloody doctorate. <laughs> 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 she's been doing with her spare time. Right. She's expert so... in all of the Beverly Hills Cop movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good Eddie Murphy reference. Oh, you know. Subtle, but effective. Right, yeah, uh, so right. we need one a rating on one out of ten, right. Screw Westlife. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Westlife either. No. Uh, but I like the uh, the audacity to have two Christmas number ones at once, so they get two points. Yeah, I'm not sure how it worked, but this is what Wikipedia is telling me. 
<laughs> I'm going to give Spice Girls vacate the scene after a three-year run. I mean, this lot turn up. It's a bloody yeah. patriarchy, isn't Louis it? Louis Walsh turns up, taking our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Come over here. Anyway. Take our number ones off our girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was dep- they, in fact, they should have cancelled Christmas number one. I mean, 1998 was that depressing. They should just cancelled Christmas 1999, I think, and just... Just let it go into 2000. And... and also, one of them, didn't he marry Kerry Katona? He did, the mug. Yeah, unleashed that <laughs> hell on the world, didn't he? <laughs> and her so... 16 children. Exactly. <laughs> and her <laughs> prawn <laughs> rings. No one's got to mention Iceland, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a Awful. Frog. Awful. Right, Peter Andre's advertising Iceland now. We're that safe. doesn't make it any better. <laughs> Have you seen his new girlfriend? She's like four. Yeah. As he, well, she's like 22. Oh, yeah, really I was say, do you want to re- recant that <laughs> slanderous allegation? Before, uh... She's quite young. Yeah. She's like no, to be fair, though, if you were Peter Andre and someone who was 22 wanted a bit of you, you'd probably say yes. Fair In fact, much. if you weren't Peter Andre and you were 40-odd, uh, you'd still go, yeah, 22. I'm going to put this out there. Mysterious girl, underrated hit. <laughs> well, didn't he release a quality that hit, as well? Possibly. Yeah. He released it once when he came out of the jungle and obviously the original release, which was in the 90s. Some quality waterfall action in that video. Yeah. yeah. He wants to get close to her, though. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a chat up line for life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Being Peter Andre, not be enough. <laughs> mysterious girl. Should his irritating good you. looks, fantastic body, and infinite wealth not be enough? He has got a killer chat up line. <laughs> <laughs> He does have to produce a certificate from the clinic though, after being inside uh, Katie Price. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's it. The 90s are done. So yeah, there we go. All right, thank. well, All thanks, sorted. Will. You're very thanks welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, we'll leave you to your fun and games. Uh, I think it's time we went for a kebab. Oh, Excellent. yeah, cheeky kebab. Yeah, so Excellent. you carry on. Finish, uh, finish drinking all our booze. And we'll I will. I'll, I'll pack all of your bags. <laughs> all right. Catch you later, man. See you later. Bye. Well, lads, that's been a successful party so far. Um, looking forward to this kebab. Yeah. Ever since that turkey stall got ruined. Yeah. I'm going to is there? Ridiculous. Hold on. There's someone underneath that desk. Is wobbling he, slightly. Is he naked? He's, he, is, he is mostly naked. He's got no clothes on. Mate, do you want to come out of there? God. Do you want to come out of there? All right. Oh, get out of there. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Dave. Good, good. You having a good time at the party? I'm loving this party. It's top banter. Um... Yeah, you look like you're having fun at the party. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, what, what, what are you... Uh... What, what do you want to talk to us about? Do you, do you, want, to, do you want to talk to us about anything? I, I do want to ask Peel a question, actually. Oh, God. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Peel, have you lost the T-shirt? <laughs> Which <laughs> because T-shirt? Because after, after the last time all the Thrones players stayed at my house, right. someone left a T-shirt, and I think it's yours. It's a black kind T-shirt. Of- it's it's dirty velvet, and that's the brand, not the material or state. Um, <laughs> dirty velvet. Dirty velvet. It's got like monkeys on it or something. Um, um, yeah, I'm just shuffling about. It might be someone else's t-shirt, but I'm barely sure it's the Thrones players. Um, <laughs> I don't think so, but it's possible. 
Um, as far as I'm aware, I don't own any T-shirts with monkeys on, though. Well, uh, actually, I'm, I'm just looking at it now. It didn't have a monkey on it. It's got like a dinosaur and a couple of pandas on it. Uh, it's it's a weird T-shirt, but yeah. Can we put that out to the Thrones community anyway, that I've got this T-shirt, and it is fairly sure it's somebody who stayed at my house. What size is it? <laughs> it is... Uh, it's a large. It ain't going to be mine. <laughs> do you want to send me a picture and we can I'll, I'll send you a picture and we can upload that yeah because I brought it to this Christmas party to offload it onto somebody and so far no one wants to take it off me um, I'll have it if no one claims it I'm fully up for claiming free clothes <laughs> it's, but... it's quite a nice t-shirt if you like kind of shit t-shirts um... <laughs> right up my street I'll take it <laughs> okay. drive a hard bargain yeah, I might. If no one claims it, I might give it out as prize support at the Thrones Weekender. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. I'm looking on their uh, online shop, and these T-shirts are not cheap. So no. uh, it'd be a quite nice prize. Yeah. So yeah, if you come up to Manchester and Stockton, and maybe do the best overall out of both tournaments, you can oh, you can win a T-shirt. Um, that's a great shout. Which segues nicely onto my next question. You're all coming up for the weekender, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Good. I feel there's a, a hidden agenda behind <laughs> you visiting our Christmas party here, Mitch. Absolutely <laughs> not. I, I only have one agenda at any Christmas party that I go to, and that's to just get drunk and embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> and You're certainly doing... I'm certainly... Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm four for four for Christmas parties this year now. Um <laughs> Oh, next own song, I have to turn up with my head in my hands. Like, oh, guys, sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> to banter behind the throne Christmas party. I know. I'm, I'm just sorry. They edited it badly. Um, you can turn up like that when we go to Norwich. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to turn up like that when we go to Norwich. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so what, what, what's been your lowest Thrones moment of the year? Mine was getting banned from Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny, though, to be fair. Um, yeah. Lowest Thrones yeah. moment of the year. Um, probably Norwich, actually, getting absolutely battered with a Baratheon deck again. Um, well, not with a Baratheon deck. I was, I was in control of one, which received a beating um, quite consistently all day. And I had about three hours sleep the night before. I was hot. It was such a hot weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. it was you so just had to drink all day yeah. to kind of get through it, didn't you? Yeah, I wasn't drinking to enjoy. I wasn't drinking to get pissed. I was drinking to not die. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, and I, oh, man, I was so upset. We walked into the centre of Norwich to get a drink in the morning. And um, I've been really sort of struggling with the idea of not taking Greyjoy to a tournament. And then someone goes, oh, Craven, look up. And I'm standing next to like this, this church on Jail Hill. And there is a like 14-foot inflatable squid just clinging to this <laughs> thing. I was like, for God's sake, like, it's a message from the drowned god and everything. And now look at me, hungover and tired with a Baratheon deck in my pocket. I deserve <laughs> everything that's going to happen. Um, I tried to drown myself by drinking two bottles of um, that smart water as some sort of offering to the drowned god, but he wasn't having it. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, pretty bad. Pretty bad tournament all around. That was uh, actually one of my favourite tournaments of the year. Um, not just for the actual day and getting seeing Mage get banned, 
on the Norwich store. But also for the fact that when we walked to get cash and they all went to the pub, we saw just a random fireworks display. Oh, um, yeah, me, you and Secondary Dave. Going off to the Mayor's celebration. Yeah, it was me, you, Secondary Dave. Um, and we were just all just stood there in awe, just staring at these fireworks for about half an hour, then just went and joined them all back in the pub again. Yeah, there's a great picture, actually, Secondary Dave took of me at the fireworks display. It's a really lovely picture, actually. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a pleasant surprise. I will accept that. Yeah, I'm just going to throw out, I am very sorry to the Norwich store. Please let me back to defend my unrestricted uh, kind of title. Uh, unrestricted champion for 2014. Thanks. Please, <laughs> Athena, let me back. <laughs> yeah. One of the prizes for that tournament is uh, coming on here. Oh, I don't think that'll be... Even if I get drawn on that, I don't think I'll be allowed back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Not after today. Not after today. Two strikes and you're out. <laughs> Two strikes. You've been on before. Oh yeah, yeah. I, but I, I was all, I was all right before. I thought I was succinct and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my lowest Thrones moment was probably sleeping on the floor in Poland at six a.m. in the morning, <laughs> as opposed to six a.m. in the evening. Yeah. It was also top banter, so it kind of evens out. Yeah, it, that, that's the beautiful thing about Thrones, isn't it? It's like all, the low moments are also always highs. Um, yeah. Like, I skipped the melee at Worlds, the second edition melee, because I just had a really bad hangover and I was tired. Um, and I felt pretty, pretty bad about that at the time, but in retrospect, it was awesome. We, we also skipped the second edition tourney at Starlet because we were hungover and tired, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, but that was one of my favourite afternoons of Starlet. You battered me like... Five games in a row, Craven. It was it was top fun. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah, it's chilling it. Um, I wish I could have done that in the tournament, um, <laughs> as opposed to the one time I played in the tournament when you completely pulled my pants down. Yeah, that was oh, yeah, Ex- Exodia. That was a highlight of. Uh, yeah, that was that was really bad. Exodia was a wonderful thing. Yeah, and it wasn't so good in the Starlight Melee. Um, it, <laughs> I think after the first round, uh, Whammer came up to me and was like, so Jack, uh, how did it go? And just at the same time, I was telling the guys taking the score, I was like, oh yeah, me, zero points. Um, (laughs) 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 He said, oh, that well, and walked off to talk to someone who'd won. Um, (laughs) Away from me, peasant. Yeah, he doesn't want to waste his time with you. He built the deck, though. It's entirely Whammer's fault. Nothing to do with poor play on my part, because... Still a bit drunk on the um, on the more. There may be some people who don't actually know what this is, Jack. Do you want to um, explain to people what what you're actually talking about? Okay, the Exodia deck is a Lannister House of Dreams deck where you play uh, one of X number random locations. So when I played it in Joust, I just dealt out six of my possible locations and said to the opponent, "Pick my House of Dreams location," and then they look at you and they go, "What?" <laughs> and you say, "Yeah, just pick it," and I'm like. Do you not want to kind of pick it yourself? I'm like, nah, mate. Beat you anyway. Um, <laughs> then you like you just flip over like Queen Cersei Shame is like mini Hollow Hill in it. Um, um, yeah, but then we kind of tweaked it for melee where I'd have four possible locations, and then I'd just kind of before everyone did it, I'd just be like, oh guys, can you just take away one of these cards each? Yeah, yeah. My House of Dreams location is the Westerlands, and then they go. 
I think he's going to kneel us. And then I'd kneel everything, like turn one. And then everyone goes, we hate you now. <laughs> Just going to kill you. And be like, yeah, seems, seems fair. But now all your stuff, didn't I? Hey. Uh, yeah, so that, that was, I think that was my proudest deck building moment. The Exodia, the Forbidden One. Where I, I was sat there in Manchester with Wags and I said, I've got a plan. And he said, this is amazing. We're, we're, we're going to do this deck. Um, and it did quite well. Uh, on Wedge's worst ever day as well, which any day where you come above Wedge in a tournament, it's happened once, is, is always a fantastic day. Um, he had to drive like me and Ben home, even though we'd both beaten him during the Swiss. Um, and he, oh, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> the mood is tense. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh. This is, he was just, I can't believe the two people I'm driving home are beating me in the Swiss. And I was like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> having a little, a little uh, mutley giggle to myself. Um, yeah. Oh, I should have come as well. I, I beat Wedge in the Swiss. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you could have come back to Manchester as well. Um, <laughs> you also um, used, tried to use Mel's favour on my Jamie that day. Um, I did. And Jamie wasn't eligible for it, so you had to steal Penny. <laughs> I did. It was a good bad though. <laughs> oh, it was, it was amazing. Mel's... Robert probably cost me the game. Yeah, I'd say, I'd, <laughs> I'd say it cost you the game. Um, right, seat of power, Mel's favour. Okay. <laughs> How about it? Yeah. yeah. I remember reading that in your tournament report and you described that as the pro play of Mel's favouring a penny. And I was like, yeah, I like Jack's tournament reports the best. <laughs> they are good. Yeah, I've not done, mo- not done much, re- much of them recently just because of laziness. But, you know, I'm second ed next year, the tournament reports are coming back. Oh, good. With, with you know, illustrations and all the... All the other stuff to distract from the fact that I lose more games than I win. Um, Jack, you've got a very—you've also got a very sort of pleasant speaking voice. Would you ever consider coming on and doing like a spoken word version of one of your reports for us? I could do that. Yeah, that'd be I, fantastic. That'd be great. Do a, do a, a dramatic reading of a tournament report. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, on when I was walking down the hill from Starlock on the Sunday night, I was like, "I'm going to write this tournament report as a play in five acts." I'm basically Shakespeare. And then, <laughs> I, and I, I had all these notes in my head and I was like, as soon as you get into the room, write all these down because this is gold. Like, the internet will go mad for a five-act play based on Starlick. Um, and then I got into the room, fell asleep, and I woke up the next day I was like, why, we, why have you just got a list of cast of characters written down here and just everyone's name? Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so disappointed. That would have been brilliant. I'm like th- that was a an excellent but stupid idea. Um, and now you've got to walk up the hill with your suitcase, left Reese <laughs> twenty euros like he was a cheap prostitute. Um, <laughs> I was like, I know he's got no money, so I've got I've got twenty to spare. He can just have that, and hopefully it'll get him to the airport, or maybe he can just buy a bottle of water at the airport. That that that'll be nice. A I nice like the idea of do. you standing up in the morning and just throwing 20 euros at Reese. Like, there you go. Uh, yeah. No, I left it next to his passport, so he definitely had to see it. Because if I left it anywhere else in the room, I'm like, he might not see this, but he's got to pick up the passport. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that, that's a bit... That's a, a preview. Oh, no, not a preview. That's just a snippet of what could have been for my Starlet tournament report if work had given me the day off afterwards. 
but instead I'd, I had to go to work and I was like, I'm not ready for tournament report now. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I think at that point, uh, we're really going to have to go and get this kebab because <laughs> yeah. I'm going for it. So uh, we'll leave you at the party, mate. You can carry on as, as you're doing. Um, sort yourself out. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll, we'll be off for this kebab and then we'll talk about our favourite cards in the car. All right. All right. So well, cheers, mate. See you later. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Bye. Right. Well, that was a reasonably successful Christmas party, I think. A bit chaotic, if if truth be told. But uh, Mate seems to be in a better state than he seemed at the beginning. So yeah, I'm he, confident he talked that, it out. Yeah, confident that he will be okay uh, and that nobody is seriously injured. It will be fine. Yes. So on our way to this wonderful kebab shop, let's talk about our favourite cards. Uh, and first up, we've got our favourite cards beginning with X. Uh, wow, what a lot of choice. Your favourite card beginning with X, Craven. My favourite card beginning with X. Hmm. Hmm. Zarozo and Doxus. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, he's a free cost, free strength ally. Uh, he's a tricon. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, after you play Zarozo and Doxus from your hand, choose and return a character you control to its owner's hand. That's it. Yeah. He's yeah. got a very sparkly nose, hasn't he? He's got lots of colours on his nose, which is nice. He looks like a very, very, well, an even more flamboyant uh, Richard O'Brien from the Crystal Maze. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> yes. That hand he's got in the air there, he's just reaching down for a harmonica to play a tune for Mumsy in the Medieval Zone. <laughs> Practically oh, all of that nice. is going to be in, you know, absolutely unexplainable to anyone who didn't grow up in the 90s in the UK so uh, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna bother in the translation document I can't see getting a reference that much crystal maze ever happening again so um just give it if you don't understand that don't worry about it it won't happen again um yeah it's all right I guess basically there's two cards beginning with X isn't there so yeah yeah well my other well, well I was gonna say I, I like this guy because you can use him to return Balerian to your hand yep you can any other ambush character yeah, um, yeah, you can, yeah, which is true. Or if you really don't want to win dominance, you can use him to uh, just get rid of all your gold. Yeah. Or which is you, nice. Or you're about to value, you don't want someone important to die. Yeah, he's got utility. Yeah, but um, other than that, I just prefer him to Zaro's home. But I think Peel's favourite card of X might be Zaro's home. I think it might be. I think Zaro's mm. home might be my favourite card beginning with X. Go on, then. Um, what does Zara's home do? Well, Dave, what doesn't Zara's home do is the ultimate question. After you play an attachment... Play dex. <laughs> cost <laughs> the gold? It doesn't, it doesn't cost the gold. However, after you play an attachment from your hand, Neil want influence to draw a card. Yeah, imagine what you could draw with that card. Just think of the possibilities. You could draw Balerion. You could draw Mad King. You could yeah, draw Mad King. You could draw Zara. Mad King. You, you could, could draw Agos you could draw anything, <laughs> and that is the beauty of Zaro's home. You can draw <laughs> you anything if you need an influence. And play an attachment. And play an attachment. So it's yet. And have Zaro's home. <laughs> it's a very circumstantial draw, but let's not pick it apart because uh, it is one of the only two cards we have. So, <laughs> hey, your choice for favourite card beginning with X, Dave. You're going to have to copy one of us. I'm trying to sell <laughs> yeah, you're right. a little bit better. So Zaro's home when we first got it, seemed like 
seemed awesome, like Flame Kissed. Yeah. Flame Kissed is amazing. And, uh, and whatever all the other attachments we played were really good. We had Aegon's Blade, we had Blood of the Dragon, we had um, Bones of a Child. You had a Milk and, of the Poppy. Uh, milk of the Poppy. We had one yeah. of them each. That was, yeah. uh, that was lovely. Fantastic. Zara's home was really good. A solid draw engine. Uh, but we only had one copy, so we only played one copy. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, did you draw anything good from Zaro's home? The time I'm, I'm sure I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because shame. the thing with that deck is that it didn't run anything good. <laughs> because it was basically just the core set with a little bit of the Beyond the Narrow Sea cycle. You've got a yeah. dragon. But it had a place in um, House of Dreams, Lady Neris's Chambers. Okay. And Lady Daenerys' Chambers is, after you play a Targaryen character, choose a Targaryen attachment of equal or lower printed cost and return it to your hand, I think. Um, so you could, basically, you play a two-cost character, you get Flame Kissed back. And then when you play Flame Kissed, you kneel influence draw a card. Uh, although, having actually read that, you've got to play the attachment. So if you ambush Flame Kissed, it doesn't count. Yeah. Which makes it really shite. Oh. So my favourite card is Zaro's Owen Doxus. Because oh, <laughs> his home does not synergise with Flame Kissed. And Flamecast is the best target attachment. Yep. Shamey. Shamey. Okay, so now that's... Uh, so the best card beginning... The right card beginning with X is some Sarah Zoe and Doxus, I guess. Nice Unanimous. Home. Yeah. So, uh, we skipped over this a couple of weeks ago. When we did the letter S, we missed out Sir. Because there's way too many of them. So, what is your favourite card beginning with Sir that is not Pot Saras Oakart? Who is obviously the winner? Yeah, he's he's um, disqualified. Do, do you want to talk newer listeners through what Aris Oakheart does and how broken he'd be if he was just introduced to second edition at the same cost? I certainly will. <laughs> um, he's a free cost um, Martel slash Lannister character, so already he would upset the apple cart in uh, second edition. Um, he's got free strength, a military icon, and a power icon with the Knight and the King's Guard trait. He has no attachments except weapon, and he's got renown. His response reads, After Sir Eratokart comes into play, choose and discard one ally or one mercenary character from play. Ooh. Isn't he good? That's very good, isn't it? He's removal and renown. Yeah. Lovely. No attachment. Can't be most favoured. Yep, but he can have Hotar's axe. Yes, he can. He can have any sorts of sharp instrument, or even a bludgeoning weapon, or a spear, <laughs> anything really. So, but Hotar's axe is sort of thematic, so yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he does have Hotar's axe at some point. Yeah, so yeah, t- yeah. Technically speaking, <laughs> he does become fairly close to that. Um, spoilers. So, <laughs> Oakheart's achieved some sort of legendary status now. A little community because of Sam Wilson's tawny reports, where he uh, explained in quite explicit detail why he was the right version of Sir Eris Oakheart, which kind of has given reason to. Uh, given rise to our uh, what's the right version of sort of play from that point onwards, um, and also he shares the surname of a really rather nice brand of rum. So for all those reasons, he is the actual winner. So taking him out of the pool to make it fair to everyone else, we're left <laughs> with the other knights. Um, so Peel, do you want to start us off, mate? What do you, would you say is your favourite sir and why? Now I've never played any decks really that i've included any sirs other than a few of the that is know, nonsense it's got to be no I've, other than a few of the stark decks where i've had a sir uh, a couple of sirs sir broderick cecil etc um uh, uh, sir aris oakhart is in hyperclaim 
Yeah, and but I can't mention Naruto Kai. Can't mention him, so that's fine. So I was going to go with Sajora Mormont. Okay. Which one? Not just any Sajora Mormont. Shadows Jora. Mostly because every time it used to get played in the household where we were playing Thrones, one of us would go Sajora Mormont. Um. Mormont at me. Yes. <laughs> Which is why I like him. But I, I like the idea of he's, he's another useful, oh no, I've got to discard a card from my hand. Oh, I'll put him into shadows instead. And then I'll draw a card. Nice, lovely little text. Simplistic and a tricon. So I always like tricons. He's pretty nice. And all the versions as of well, Dora are pretty good. Yeah. So that's fun. He's a good card. Except for the traitor one. I'm not too keen on him. Reduces uh, all characters by minus one strength when he is killed. He's very efficient, though. Two for three Tricon with stealth. That's pretty nice. True. Yeah. Very good. Don't like imagine that in second, Ed. Oh. Get out. <laughs> so cheap. All right, then, uh, Craven, what's your favourite, sir? Um, I'm going to go with neutral Jamie Lannister. So um, for any second Ed players listening, uh, this is one of those cards which you might not be able to really appreciate the value of because he is a Shadows card. Um, so Shadows, you pay uh, a gold cost, um, two gold, to put a card into Shadows. So it's, it's face down, out of play. Um, and then you pay the remainder of it. Well, it's not out of play. It can be anything that refers to cards in Shadows will refer to it, but essentially it's not doing anything else. Uh, you pay the printed number on the on the uh, card to bring it out of shadows. It basically flips it upwards and brings it onto the field, and that's what this version of Jamie does. Um, it might sound strange, but it's because he's a king's guard, and he came as part of a cycle, part of a pack actually, which reinforced the fact the king's guard were were neutral um, in their sort of approach to everything. Um, so anyway, he's uh, got free strength. Um, he costs four effectively. He's got a military icon and an intrigue icon. He can't take attachments at all, which was a bit odd, really. You'd think he'd be able to hold a weapon, but never mind. Um, he can't, can he? That's the thing. Oh, true. But well, in this one, though, he can. Oh, he is holding a sword, yeah. He can, yeah. So that's his um, good hand. Um, so anyway, no attachments. He's got Renown. Um, and as a response, after a card comes out of Shadows, draw one card or draw three instead if you control three or more King's Guard characters. Um... Which is it's just fantastic. He's so good. Um, probably one of, if not the best version of Jamie, even in a Lannister deck. Um, obviously with some shadow support, but um, the fact that he just draws a card off of himself coming out of shadows is often pretty good for a four-coster who's immune to attachments and has renown. Um, loads of lovely synergy with um, Kingdom of Shadows, which was a location which allowed you to uh, stand a card with a shadow's crest. We didn't allow you to. It made you, wasn't it? It was a passive. So you had to do it. It was. It did make you. Um, so, yeah, I really like him. Overall, well-costed, well-designed, lovely artwork. Um, yeah, solid. He's, He's very nice. Favorite. He was he was playable in many, many decks. Yeah. Even if you didn't run any Shadows tech. Very versatile. Yeah. He's very good. Um, okay, so I've, I've, I've got two that I was looking at. There's the very solid one, and then there's the Super Jank one. So... There's Sir Davos Seaworth, the 3 for 3 military power icon, Knight Smuggler with Stealth. And the response, after Sir Davos Seaworth enters play, attach the top card of your deck to him, face down as a duplicate. So, in essence, for those second edition players, he's a bit like Arya. Yeah. Um, except he's always got his military icon, which is really good. Uh, and duplicates are a bit 
I guess they're a bit more important in first edition because of Valor. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that he will survive the first Valor, short of cancels or you foolishly sacking him to military claim, um, just made him so useful. Uh, and a lot of Barra decks, well, a very popular Barra archetype was Baratheon Knights. And if you had the most knights, you drew an extra card in the draw phase. So having him survive for longer was really, really useful. So uh, he was he was a, a staple in 99% of my Barra decks. He was one of the first cards I put in. I loved him. Uh, but the other one is also a Barra card, and it always pained me to cut him if I had to. Uh, but it's uh, Elden Estamont. Ah, oh, legend. Yeah, and he is a four-cost, three-strength military power knight with renown. Because uh, basically, oh, he's Baratheon. Uh, basically, all Baratheon characters have renown in first edition. Um, while Sir Eldon Estamont is attacking, characters with fewer power than him cannot be declared as defenders. Um, put a little thought into this guy, and he gets broken very scar- yep. scarily quickly. If you can find a way to give him a power before he attacks for the first turn, he's basically unblockable. Um, if you can find a way to use him multiple times a turn, you win the game, basically. Uh, there was an attachment called Banner Bearer, which we've talked about before. You put it on someone and you can take someone else's keywords. So you could use him to take Stannis' keywords, which means he has stealth and he stands every time he wins a challenge as the attacker. So you're making multiple challenges with him every turn and then possibly putting him in defense for the extra power as well. And he very quickly gets out of control and you're picking up two or three power off every challenge with him. And also, he's one of the cards we talked about at length the first time um, I was allowed near um, recording equipment during the Norwich Regional. Um, We discussed it at great length. Yeah, um, yeah, we did, and uh, we had someone commenting along, dropping in information about him, like he's an eighty-year-old guy who's married to some sort of Dornish princess or something. So Eldon is a lad. I believe um, he was one of the people that was like proposed as a suitor for Ariane. That's right. Like to throw her off the uh, off the scent. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know who he ended up marrying. No, I'm not sure myself, but yeah, he's a good card. Cool guy. We like him. Yeah, a lot. Well, I hope you've enjoyed uh, our little tour around our Christmas party. We've had a, a fantastic time. Thank you to everyone who's taken the time out of this busy schedule to drop in and um, ask us some questions and have a chat with us. And uh, finally, a big thank you to everyone who supported us since we first started doing this. Um, we don't usually do a sign-off, but because it's Christmas, Dave has allowed me to do one. Um, so... Yes, Merry Christmas. Have a great New Year. Enjoy uh, whatever you're doing with your family and friends or whatever. Uh, we'll be back uh, as soon as we possibly can, just to round off our first season and then be back fresh and ready to go uh, in the new year. So, uh, yeah, once again, thank you and Merry Christmas, everybody. Lovely. Lovely. Mm.